In our society, the subject of sexuality and gender can create a lot of angst. Many people struggle with people who have diverse sexualities and genders. But why is this the case? Join with me as we discuss the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. Hi, Paul Shepard here, and welcome to the podcast. You know, some people think that having faith means believing a bunch of things that you know are impossible. But here at Rational Christianity, we take a rational approach to understanding the Christian faith. We combine history, science, the Bible, common sense, and an understanding of human nature to make Christianity make sense. Everyone is welcome here. I do not often celebrate the many annual events that pop up in my calendar, but this year I do want to discuss the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia, which is celebrated on May 17th. And to begin, I want to just state the purpose of this celebration. According to the website may17.org, quote, The International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia was created in 2004 to draw attention to the violence and discrimination experienced by lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex people, and all other people with diverse sexual orientations, gender identities or expressions, and sex characteristics. The date of May 17th was specifically chosen to commemorate the World Health Organization's decision in 1990 to declassify homosexuality as a mental disorder. The day represents a major global annual landmark to draw the attention of decision-makers, the media, the public, corporations, opinion leaders, local authorities, etc., to the alarming situation faced by people with diverse sexual orientations, gender identities or expressions, and sex characteristics. End quote. Well, that seems like a pretty clear statement. People with diverse genders and sexualities have frequently been victimized in a number of ways, including being murdered. They have also been bullied and attacked in ways that has led to much higher than typical suicide rates. This is an enduring problem that we need to confront. Believe it or not, even the World Bank cares about this topic. The World Bank published a video entitled Cost of Exclusion, which you can find on YouTube. The video talks about the economic cost of excluding people because of their gender and sexuality. The very short version of the story is that bullying and exclusion lead to poorer performance in school, which leads to more limited employment options and prevents people from using their full abilities and gifts as adults to contribute to society. The latest figure I heard was that discrimination against people based on sexuality and gender is estimated to have about a 1% negative impact on the global economy. 1% may not sound like much, but it's really pretty big. And let's face it, our world has lots of problems. We do not want to hinder anyone from bringing their full creativity and potential to help society move forward. Perhaps the most obvious question is why this is the case. There are a variety of reasons, of course, but a certain amount of homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia come from religious thinking. And so I want to speak to that directly from a Christian perspective. And I want to speak to this because I do not agree with classic Christian thinking. I believe that homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia are wrong. The Bible actually affirms homophobia directly. 
For example, in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13, we have, quote, If a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall be put to death. Their blood is upon them. End quote. Those verses and other similar ones have often been used to support the idea that homosexuality is wrong, but I disagree with that conclusion. In the 1980s, the United Church of Canada took a stand supporting people who are homosexual. As a church, we actually lost many members because they simply could not resolve that belief with those biblical texts. And ever since the 1980s, many Christians in Canada do not believe that people in the United Church of Canada are actually Christian. That is partly because of our acceptance of people who are homosexual, but it is also because of our ability to read the Bible without taking the meaning in a literal way. I myself have had countless arguments with people on both of these points. Some Christians argue that because the words in Leviticus are so clear, there is no room for interpretation. They say there is no wiggle room in these texts. And on that point, I do actually agree with them. The texts in the Bible that condemn homosexuality are clear, absolutely. But I believe that homophobia, transphobia, and biophobia are wrong, and so I push back on these Bible texts. There are two reasons that the words in Leviticus should not be taken as literally true. The first reason is that other biblical texts preach love. For example, from John chapter 13, quote, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. End quote. To me, that text is also very clear, and it clearly states we should love each other. And that command leaves no wiggle room either. We should love everyone, and therefore there should be no homophobia, transphobia, or biphobia. Hatred is not love, and Jesus tells us to love. And a second reason is because absolutely nobody takes the Bible literally anyways. I know some people pretend that they do, but they only think they do because they ignore the passages in the Bible that they do not like. One of the most disturbing texts in the entire Bible comes from Deuteronomy chapter 21. Quote, If someone has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father and mother, who does not heed them when they discipline him, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the town at the gate of that place. They shall say to the elders of this town, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. Then all the men of the town shall stone him to death. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. If we read the Bible literally, it tells us that if our own children do not obey us, we should kill them. We are even told exactly how to do it. If people followed that advice, the human race would be extinct in one generation. But nobody does this. Nobody follows the Bible literally. Nobody. And that leads me to wonder what it is about the human condition that we can ignore a biblical text completely if we do not like the text, and at the same time take biblical texts that limit human sexuality as literally true and free of any need for interpretation. I have one answer to that question, one theory, which I'd love feedback on. But first, a little bit of background. On the one hand, all forms of discrimination are similar. 
in many respects, sexism, racism, and xenophobia are different versions of the same underlying mental defect. All discrimination involves creating artificial barriers to separate people into us and them. And the different barriers that we create are numerous. Sex, gender, race, religion, ethnicity, age, economic status, and other artificial social dividers collectively known as accidents of birth. Different barriers lead to different names like sexism, racism, ageism, and so on. If you are a victim of any of these forms of discrimination, it feels very personal. But usually discrimination is not personal. Because the person being picked on is not even really involved. The common defect in all forms of discrimination is allowing these artificial barriers to be there at all. And sometimes it is helpful to lump all of these forms of discrimination under an umbrella term like otherism. But there is a particular way in which discrimination based on sexuality and gender is in fact just a little bit different, because there is a potential extra dimension to homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia compared to, for example, racism. So I invite you to consider this. Suppose, and this is not true, but suppose that I hate some people, like let's say Asian people. Not true. But suppose that I hate Asian people and I'm a racist. Now, everything that I've just said applies about me creating artificial barriers and all that. But you know, there is no physical possibility that I am in fact a closet Asian. But with homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia, there is a possibility for each one of us that we have our own internal struggle with our own sexuality. It is at least possible that I am a closet homosexual or bisexual. And some people are triggered by a person who has embraced their own diverse sexuality and gender because of their own inability to deal with their own sexuality or gender. That creates a cognitive dissonance that gets redirected into anger, hatred, homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia. As an example, there were many television evangelists who preached against homosexuality for decades, who years later came out as homosexual themselves. The fire in their preaching came not from the Word of God, but from their own cognitive dissonance. So here's my theory. My theory is that as a society, we have bigger issues with discrimination based on sexuality and gender because it makes some of us uncomfortable with our own sexuality and gender. And that just does not happen with racism and most other forms of discrimination. And so I encourage us all to consider people who have diverse sexualities and genders because these people are not strangers to us. They are like family to us. Because for many of us, including me, our wider families include people with diverse sexualities and genders. We have to stop thinking of these people as strangers. People with diverse genders and sexualities are family. They are our family. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also shall love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So let's just love each other. It's not really that complicated. Amen. Hi again, and thanks for joining in today. 
I'm Rev. Dr. Paul Shepherd, a minister with the United Church of Canada, currently serving at Sydenham Heritage United Church in Brantford, Ontario. I'm also an environmental scientist with a PhD in physics. I'm passionate about making Christianity make sense. Please subscribe to the channel and feel free to visit the church either in person or online. You might also enjoy my book, Evolving Christianity, which is about taking a scientific, rational approach to Christianity in order to fight racism and other social diseases. I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time.